Alt Cops Are Lawful Evil, a brand new audio adventure, written and performed by Carmel Recknitzer, directed by Kelsey Boo, art by Gobert. While humorous in premise, this story still revolves around the theme of police misconduct. Listener discretion is advised. As it always does, this started off in a tavern. Except I'm not the adventuring, going into the woods sort. I'm not the meet me here after night crowd party sort. This story starts off at 11.45am on a Tuesday. I was already two drinks deep on a Tuesday morning, reprobate style. I'm talking no shoes, no shirt, only getting service because I was a regular and the barkeep pitied me. I dragged my ass down here covered in bandages and arm in a sling to enjoy a final drink before I had to give up my rooms. This city had beat me up for the last time. No more quests, no more duels. Just a final bow to take before exiting stage left. I could imagine the title on the theater marquee. Paul Pemberley, pro bono paladin, promptly finds a grave to go lie in. But like I said, this was the start of the story. So it didn't go as planned. It went worse. I had just downed my third and final tankard when I heard the sound of glass slide across the bar top. Felt a cool little thump against my skin. A potion of greater healing. And I knew that was trouble. No one would bother unbruising my ribs if they weren't about to beg me to rebruise them in short order. No thanks. I grumbled. That Tuesday, I thought I'd get to walk out on it. Quit the life of a pro bono paladin. If some poor peasant needed a champion representative in a trial by combat, they were going to have to call someone else. Someone with more teeth left. And if they could afford the potion, that person could afford a proper champion. Please, she said. And it's always a she, mind you. Most men think they're manly enough for the stone circle, or are too proud to pay another man to stand for them. Men pleaded guilty or charged headfirst into an ass-kicking. For once in my life, I wanted the gods to acknowledge my gay ass and send a handsome man, orc or elf, to bat his eyelashes at me. I vaguely recognized the voice and it set off alarms in my head. So I did the safe and cowardly thing and tried to cut this lady off before recognition spurred me to action. I took my licks yesterday. I can't work another charity case unless you've got cold, hard cash. I have to decline. And she leaned in close and said the magic words. Paul, I've got no one else to ask. Well, not magic magic words, no abracadabra, just the words that confirmed my suspicion. So I spun on the bar stool with a sad sigh, because the last person I'd wanted to see in a seedy tavern at 11.48am on a drunken Tuesday was Lucy Luthelanella. She looked the way all elves look. Eyebrows for days and legs from millennia. Weirdly reminiscent of trees. Categorically not my type, but I knew the kind of guys who'd fall head over heels for her. That kind of guy used to be my best friend. A decade before I quit the life of a policeman. Back before guilt drove me to the other side of the stone circle, forced me to work defense. My former best friend, Barnaby Brenner. That loose cannon cop and irredeemable piece of shit had once put a ring on Lucy. So far as I knew, and I hadn't kept in touch on account of Brenner being the scum of the earth, they were peachier than an orchard in June. 
So, what was she doing here? She made a motion at the potion. Drink up. I haven't got a dime, but I did steal that from work. It's the best I've got. You're lucky this gig comes with champion client privilege, Lucy. But still, tell me about the crimes you didn't commit. That's my line of work. It's about Barney, she said, and my stomach dropped. And I should have seen it coming. Brenner was built like a dwarven shithouse. He had quite the talent for literally and legally beating charges. If Barnaby wasn't the problem, she wouldn't be asking anyone else to step into the stone circle on her behalf. I need a champion because he's taking me to court. And I should have walked out on that line, but I was dumb that Tuesday and I asked, What in the nine hells happened, Lucy? We separated, she admitted. And ever since, the boys in blue have found reasons to show up. Impound my chariot, search my cottage, tear everything to shreds on a warrant for pixie dust. Me, cleric of light in good standing with the healers union. Sounds like a civil case, not a stone circle kind of problem, I interrupted. Don't play dumb, Paul, she frowned. The cops search until they find something, anything. A lack of evidence isn't going to stop them. After a week of harassment, they found... Well, spit it out, I recommended, and popped the cork on the potion. I hate myself for it, but I could never let these kinds of things go. The cops plant charges on the wretched and scare them into pleading guilty. Most folks aren't brave enough for the stone circle. Theoretically, if you're innocent, the gods will defend. But most folks don't have the faith to stare down a cop in the opposite corner or the money to pay someone else to do it for them. And that meant a lot of folks came to my door begging and empty-handed, which is why I'm always a dollar short for a potion and a day late on rent. Anyways, Lucy took a deep breath and fessed up. They found what the court is calling a suspicious amount of contraceptives, and apparently that's enough to get you brought up on prostitution charges. Apparently, a woman can't enjoy a good tussle if she's not getting a dime for her time, and it shouldn't even be a crime, but even though it is, I'm innocent. Which means the light will defend you, Paul. Should be open and shut. Circle up, trade a few blows, and get me cleared. Right? If you, Miss Cleric, trusted the light to defend, you'd step into that ring yourself. I shouldn't have said that. But I did say it, and I looked in her eyes, and I saw the doubt. With a capital D, the kind of doubt only a monster like Brenner could wedge into your soul. It had taken all I had to toss that doubt away myself. And I'd never married the guy. I won't pretend, Paul. The light and I, it's been a rocky road lately. But you're ironclad. You've been in that stone circle for two decades and come out fine, right? She asked, and I had to break her heart. I downed the potion, felt my ribs wiggle back into the right place. It's not that simple, Lucy. The contraceptives were actually yours. Right? That's why I don't work for the law, Lucy. Can't do any good in this world if the law is written crooked. You aren't a sex worker. But any more than an ounce of sylvian resin is still on the books as felony possession. 
So we're doomed? She asks. We, she says. Not in the traditional infernal sense, but damn close. The charges brought against you aren't true, but you did commit a crime. That means the gods take a hands-off approach. You know what that means? I'm not familiar with the specifics. No divine intervention, no light, no dark. Their influence is dubious at the best of times, but for this case, no sudden gusts of wind or surprise comets. Just me and Brenner on equal grounds to determine your guilt. And it's Brenner. He doesn't play to first blood. I got up and started to stretch my unbroken arm. Lucy, it's me or your former husband. It won't be both of us walking out the ring. Are you okay with that? I mean, you two used to be so close. I knew something went down between you both, but you used to come over for dinner every week. I mean, poor Charlie still asks why Uncle Paul won't come by. I thought... You thought wrong, Lucy, I said. But she didn't back down. Like she said, she had nowhere else to go. Would he really try to kill you, Paul? It's all right, Lucy. I've wanted to kill him for years now, I confessed. I just need you to know up front, that's how this ends. Me or him? We both used to love him, Lucy. Are you okay with that? Light, protect me, I... She started, and I cut her off. Yes or no, I asked for a final time. Paul Pemberley, will you be my champion? Her voice was cold, like frost on a vine. You betcha, I answered, and sealed the contract. There was a sense of relief to it. I'd either finally die like the dog I was, or I'd get my revenge on bastard Brenner. The problem with potions? They stitch you up, but they don't feel like a hug. The stuff burns like a peat bog whiskey brewed by pyromancers. You need to take a few laps and do your stretches if you want the fire to leave your limbs. Thanks to that, I spent the night before the match at the Angry Octopod. It's the rattiest gym in the worst part of the city, but I had to admit it had charm. Like the sign in the window, an eight-armed beastie with seven fists up to duke and one tentacle wrapped around a handle of grog. That painted octopus is my spirit animal, despite me not being a druid. So there I was, stretching my muscles, popping the stiffness out of my joints, and refreshing my footwork. The place was empty as a church on a Monday, and I appreciated the quiet. And because I'm thicker scold than a troll who drinks his milk, I took off my gear. My armor and arms were sitting outside the circle, sharp, polished, ready to dawn after I'd warmed up. I felt safe in that rundown shamble. The place was built for shorter folk, and on top of that, the ceiling still sagged. The walls were covered in old trophies and older punching bags. The floor mats hadn't been changed since the last cataclysm. The place was disheveled, haunted, out of its prime. Maybe that's why it resonated. Why it felt like home. Still, years of bad luck should have taught me the mistake of being caught flat-footed. Before the hair on my arms even started rising, a whisper of magic snuffed out the lanterns. I heard the click of window latches and doorknobs locking. I was trapped in the blink of an eye. By the time I managed to curse the gods, I heard an all-too-familiar voice. Paul, my boy. Paul, you had such... 
potential. Why are you doing me dirty, Polly? Who else but Police Chief Sylvester Stone? He's a sturdy old dwarf, chiseled from the quarries of Mount Valiant. Some folks are born into a line of work, but this schmuck had literally been sculpted to order. Slate flesh inseparable from his granite uniform. I've got bills to pay, same as any citizen, I told him. As a grimy human, I had no sense of dark vision. I focused on my ears, on the air currents that tussled my hair. Where the hell was he? Would he shoot me dead right in the middle of Gnometown? The procedures of police conduct were carved into the back of his skull. Were they given the wiggle room to smash my teeth in? Probably. I heard the rapid-fire clink of his rocky fingers tapping impatiently on his hip, and he continued. Polly, son, don't play dumb. I didn't kick you off the force because your skull was empty. I booted you because it was full of wasteful convictions. What fool idea is this, Polly? I hated the way he always played these conversations, like I was fired instead of quit, talking down to me like he wasn't the guy clocking in at three foot two. I spat back at him. I'm not going to let Brenner throw the book at Lucy just because he got dumped. Polly, Stone grumbled on like I hadn't said a word. It's election season. There's plague in Undertown. The alchemists figured out how to transmute gold and tanked the market. Give an old soul a break, will you? If you're chin deep in shitstone, what's one more disaster? I shuffled out the ring and began sneaking towards my stuff. Stone could see in the dark, but he was slower than a herd of turtles. I thought I could make it, give myself a fighting chance if things turned sour. I know you've got your never-ending crusade, Polly, but justice is for the afterlife. The gods will sort it out. The land of the living needs law and order, needs peace and quiet. That's my job, Polly. I keep this city calm. I keep the pot from bubbling over, keep the lid on tight. The common schmendrick needs to know I'm head chef, needs to trust my line cooks. I can't have you and Brenner killing each other, shitting in my stew. If you catch my drift, I can't get this shanda hitting the press. An officer of the law splitting a pro bono paladin in half so he can throw his old flame in the stocks. An officer of the law chopping down a free for high of fruit with a heart of gold, no less. I know, Polly, that you care about the common man. We share that goal, even if you're too young to see my perspective on things, but think it through. Your 20-year history with Brenner published? A painting of your potted ribcage right on the front page. The public mishegas wants Lucy's in the pillory. Gods, it's gross how people won't shed a tear for an innocent goblin, but throw a guilty harlot in a rightful cell, and the public is ready to blow. The riots we'd see, Polly. A lot of people would get hurt. And every time the gutter snipes protest the police, the mayor hands me a fat open check to crack skulls. You'd be doing your own cause a disservice, Polly. You hearing me? 
because cracking skulls and keeping the gutters spotless is my business. Don't make my business boom. Like I said, the son of a bitch had a lot of wind for a guy with iron lungs. I kept quiet, because what was I going to tell him? I don't believe in peace and quiet, never did. I believe in proud, out loud justice. Polly, do me a favor. Just say something back. What was there to say? I'd spent a career on minor duels, not press-worthy stuff. Avoided Brenner, chipped away at the rot in the system. Circumstances had forced me to step up and really drive a thorn into Chief Stone's craggy keister. For once, I'd be brave and swing big. I wasn't going to back down. So I said, Stop using lethal force against juvenile suspects and I retire on the spot. But that's the fault with dwarves. They get carved old, creaky, and with beards already long. Chief Stone would never see past his circumstances, understand the teenage mistakes he was never in a position to make. He wasn't pleased with my answer. I heard him tut-tut, and then I heard a 300-pound granite boot clonking against my helmet. He got to my gear before I did. I tried to play nice. I tried to keep the order, Polly. And in a slow grind, I heard his heel scrunch into my steel salette. I heard the sad, sputtering crackle of it collapsing and contorting. The lamplights flickered back on, and I saw the disdain in his garnet eyes. The anger in his blocky eyebrows heard the frustrated breath whistle through the pipes of his nose, heightening in pitch as the air was forced through the rough-hewn whiskers of his marble mustache. He looked at me with all the contempt his artificial features could muster. Oops. Couldn't see that. In the dark. He turned to leave. Shook my helmet off his boot. Moved slow, carefree. He could turn his back to me, knowing I didn't dare strike a chip off his four-foot-wide shoulders. As his bulky frame squeezed the double doors of the angry octopod, he added, A heads up for tomorrow? If you want to keep your cap on your shoulders, Polly. Learn to keep your head down. I'd spent an entire life in the stone circle, first one side, then the other. The smell of sweat, fear, and paperwork was as familiar as my mother's apple pie. The place was more home than anywhere else. Twenty feet of sand, with eight stone posts strung with sixteen ropes to mark the boundary. It's really more of a corded octagon, but I guess that name ain't catchy. Past the ropes, there's a gap, so that wild swings don't hit the bailiff, judge, or soon-to-be-bereaved. And after their front row seats, twelve levels of arena benches for the bored or bloodthirsty public. There were rules for each kind of crime. Number of rounds, to first blood, to mercy, fists, gloves, weapons. There had to be a limit. Even with the gods on your side, you didn't want to duel to the death over a traffic ticket. And Lucy's possession charge was usually an arm-wrestling kind of deal. But this was Bastard Brenner. Even Stone couldn't keep a lid on that guy. Brenner had gone to the judge, the prosecutor, the coroner, and the priest. Pulled every string. This was armor on, edges sharp. So I took a long, maybe last, look at the place. Remembered how much I hated how the whole system worked, 
Remember the long days of taking my licks, trying to help the poor souls they threw in the middle of the stones. Finally, I'd triumph over this shithole. Or more likely die trying. Unlike the usual, the stands are packed. Lucy's a union gal, and her reps made sure every available cleric was there, ready to raise nine hells, uh, ready to raise nine heavens if I didn't do my job. I had a hint of magic once, should have joined them when I had the chance. I had the union on the left. Brenner's right was overflowing with journos, fellow cops, fans of the sport. When the daily docket was announced, anyone who was in the know must have dropped their jaws. Brenner, king of convictions, dueling to the death over a misdemeanor? Even without the context, this wasn't an event to miss. I tuned out the crowd, stepped into the circle, announced myself to the judge, ignored the cheers and boos. Locked eyes with Lucy, which was a mistake. They were brimmed with doubt and shame, not the kind of tune I needed sung at the moment. There was a moment of confusion when I didn't don a helmet. Chiefstone winked at me, waved the proceedings onwards. The judge approved. The crowd roared and cheered at the promise of blood. Brenner entered, announced himself, played everything according to court decorum. If my lack of protection surprised onlookers, Brenner's gear caused shock. No standard blues. He strutted in there, covered head to toe in black and gray. He clunked along in military-issue full plate. If he didn't have his badge number painted on his pauldron, you couldn't even tell he was a cop. In a tacky show of intent, I suppose, he had painted a skull on the opposite shoulder. Underneath that mess, I wanted to catch a glimpse of an old friend. Make it personal. I couldn't even recognize enough of him to hate. The terms were repeated to us, made clear. No round limit, to the death, all options on the table. We were directed to opposite corners, ordered to give a final show of mutual respect. I popped my non-existent visor at him in mock salute, blew the press a cheeky kiss. He gave a mock salute as well. His helmet couldn't open to show his face. Is that you under there, I asked. Fuck you, faggot. Came back in a tinny, garbled tone. What a concise way to answer in the affirmative. Something of Brenner remained underneath the black faceplate. I'll pretend I didn't hear that, the judge tuttered. Choose your weapons, gentlemen. I had no squire and had to fetch my sword and shield myself. The crowd caught hold of Brenner's squire before I did, and my stomach dropped when I heard the collective, uh-oh, of every cleric in the crowd. Brenner reached back and pulled out a god's damned 12-pound adamantine dwarf-made breaching sledge. I'm not the kind of fellow to classify any choice of weapon as polite, but that was a decidedly mean-spirited move. I tossed my shield aside in response. There'd be no blocking that hammer. The kinetic force would splinter my shield, arm, shoulder, and teeth in one blow. The crowd cheered when my shield slid out the circle, thinking it was a show of confidence on my part. As if it was a show of respect and outright fear. It made me feel less of the fool for having no helmet. That thing would have rung my bell even if I had a full palisade on my shoulders. Begin, went the judge, and it did. 
I can't claim to have fought minotaurs, giants, or dragons, but I fought plenty of comps, and experience is the only reason I wasn't smashed flat in the first round. There's police procedures for everything, including pulping criminals to mush. Brenner stuck to it, the instruction manual going as follows. Overhead, safe, likely to catch head or shoulder, end it quickly. Lunge forward after, aim for gut, hoping to knock the breath out of the opponent, witty enough to dodge the first time. If the dance continues, rush in close to body check the target. Knock them prone, and back to overhead. Safe, likely to catch the head, or collapse the ribcage. End it quickly. As if the sledgehammer wasn't scary enough, Brenner had four inches and forty pounds on me. So I didn't do the dumb thing. Never tried to contest or break his pattern. Avoiding it was straight back to the fundamentals, standard footwork. He moved straight forward, I kept moving to the side. Dodge left, sidestepped right, slid past the body check, watch his momentum almost carry him through the ropes. I'll kill you, Polly, he roared. I don't know about that, Barney boy. I'm over the age of 15, I retorted. The crowd brayed. He charged back in, pure anger on his part. Overhead, 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 like an ogre. Dodge, dodge, dodge. I stayed alive. He took a moment to catch his breath, and I smacked my sword across the front of his helmet, heard the satisfying ding, felt the recoil of the blow in both my palms, heard the screech as a sword started digging into the metal, watched him take an unsafe lunge back to keep from losing his nose. A chance! But the judge bellowed, Round one! And the bailiff signaled us back to our corners. The crowd booed, called for blood. Round two started with Brenner already out of patience. He swung like a carpenter with one last nail to set at 4.55 on a Friday. Way too much commitment to the blows. Overhead, 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 each time burying the hammer deep into the sand, each time overextending his back, rattling his shoulders, bruising his palms and fingers. Turns out, a hammer like that isn't a sustainable weapon. It's for people who get the job done quick, clean, and in one blow. But I was up an adjacent creek, also stuck with the wrong kind of paddle. My sword chewed and hacked at his arms, legs, shoulders, bit into the steel, only cutting shallow, barely drew blood. Finally, though, he made the mistake I'd lured him into. Expecting me to sidestep, he swung left to right. Rookie mistake. When I stepped back, he had no way to stop mid-swing, had to follow the weight of the hammer, make a choice to either twist his torso past 90 degrees, or let go the stupid thing. He did his best to keep his grip on the sledge and dipped his shoulder to cover his vitals. Safest thing he could have done, but not enough. My sword rammed into the underside of his thigh, where his armor was thinnest. I felt the blade stick in his bone. He screamed. Didn't even try to bring the hammer back around. Before I could get my sword loose, he smacked three of my teeth out with a gauntleted backhand. I flew back. My sword twisted out of his flesh and meat. The round was called. The crowd cheered. Chief Stone and a pair of goons dragged Bleeding Brenner back to his corner. I stumbled my concussed ass back to mine. 
The journos started shouting questions. The fans started shouting bets. The judge looked through his paperwork to try and call it all off, but there were no loopholes. Brenner dotted every I, crossed his T's. Both of us sad sacks needed to get back on our feet to kill each other. Gods damn you, Polly. You think you're better than us? Think you're too good to be a cop? I'll kill you. I'll kill you. Brenner shouted, started to rise, tried to brush away the goons, bandaging his leg. I could see the blood just spouting down into his boots, see him leaning on the hammer like a crutch. And I wish I could have said something, made my swollen tongue work, explained I wasn't good, couldn't have been good, that I left the force to try and finally be good for once. That I left because I had to make amends for the lives I'd ruined over the most trivial infractions. I wanted to scream. I put a father of two, just an average God's abandoned Joe, I put that guy away for 14 years over 10 silvers worth of drugs. Make Brenner... Make the world understand that I kept coming back to this circle, hoping irony would finally nail me to the wall for the awful shit I'd done. But I was concussed, and he was slowly bleeding to death, and the crowds were far too loud. Round three, the judge called reluctantly. We were partners. I trusted you, Brenner moaned. Violence? escalates quickly. The harsh truth of the real world is that very few people actually win in a fight. Usually, both people lose. You can train all you want to hit your opponent. Nothing can train you for what happens when you get hit, after bone shatters and muscle rips. Round three was pathetic. Brenner couldn't get his sledge off the ground without his leg buckling. I kept seeing triple, kept spitting out blood so I could breathe. The crowd puttered out, and I didn't begrudge them. I can't imagine three straight minutes of us flailing was fun to watch. This has to stop, Lucy protested. The judge just shook his head and waved at the forms on his pulpit. Rules are rules, madame. I can bend them. I cannot break them. Distasteful as it is, it must continue. Brenner gets dragged to his corner, barely breathing. With no one to drag me to mine, I just leaned on the ropes. Neither of us had anything to say at that point. Lucy rushed to my side, only to be pulled back by a few of Brenner's boys. No healing allowed, bitch, they warned her. It's a testament to her courage that she ignored their tugging hands and looked me dead in the eyes. It's my ass on the line too, Paul Pemberley. Find that last bit of light. She just said it. Voice full of conviction in elven grace like it was that simple you don't get to give up paul you don't get to let them win to my horror brenner wouldn't stay down with a firm shove from chief stone he stood back up started begging for round four started cussing out lucy the crowd the gods before anyone could call a start to anything i dove into the back of my skull in desperate search for hope and it's my fault that it was so hard to find some, really. Over a decade of hopelessness and self-pity had really tucked my reserves into the far corners of my soul. But I found it. I found a spark. I wish I had something poetic to give you, but in reality, tugging out that flicker of magic felt like trying to pull the worm out of a bottle of mezcal. 
it stung it hurt to hold on to hope and pride and rage and shame and righteousness at the same time it burned but it kept me on my feet round four called the judge my vision stopped swimming focused instead i could see everyone everything and a little bit more an old paladin's trick to perceive the moral and mystical fuzz of the world i saw lucy bright yellow and orange the judge a cold uncaring gray and i saw chief stone his goons brenner i saw the cold and cruel blue of their uniforms eating away at them drowning out what color there could have been i saw clearly and more importantly i managed to move brenner gave a final roar launched a final mad lunge before his blood could run out dove for me like a wild boar dives onto a hunter's spear arms empty ready to crush my skull by hand i swung my sword up and under his chin hit him with muscle heart and soul sent that magic spark into his neck and skull light flashed thunder clapped and i smote his head clean off the place goes silent shocked unable to do anything else the judge defaulted to standard procedure congratulations miss lucy the match is over and the law finds you innocent you've won the judge banged his gavel and nine hells broke loose thank you for listening to all cops are lawful evil part two will be recorded and published soon if you've enjoyed this story please like share comment and subscribe i'd love to hear from you further feel free to check out fantasy counter programming on youtube for more original short stories as well as pop culture video essays if this really has been your jam and you'd like to collaborate in making art please reach out at fantasycounterprogramming at gmail.com thanks and best wishes in these tough times